and welcome to the PR Department Podcast. You're through to your host, Katie Braden, and this is episode 55. Uh, just so you have a little bit of personal context, I just try to run down the stairs with a cup of tea. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know why I, I, why did I run? Like, obviously, it's going to spill everywhere. And then I try to mop it up with my cardigan and then had a moment where I'm like, why am I mopping this with my cardigan? Um, I then continued to drip tea on my laptop and all over my desk. So coming at you <laughs> from a really great place, um, but the tea is delicious. So, and I just ate some scrambled eggs. So anyway, less about me. Um, welcome to the podcast. And I said in my last podcast that I need to start saying things like, check us out over on Instagram at the PR department podcast. And also, if you would like to leave a review, that would be lovely if it's nice, of course. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. You can say whatever you want. I can take it. Um, but yeah, reviews and like connecting with me on Instagram would be fabulous, 10 out of 10. So with all of that embarrassment out of the way, um, <laughs> onto the topic of today's episode. So this is something that has rolled out on TikTok over the last sort of weeks, months. Um, and even though the drama has kind of stopped now, I think the story as a whole is really interesting because there's a lot of um, PR context and also a lot that can be learnt and discussed off the back of it. So what I'm talking about is the TikTok drama that was unfolding between Michaela, obviously. I feel like all beauty TikTok drama, Michaela is at the centre of it somehow. Like, how is she not bored of being constantly in drama all the time? I would, like, my anxiety just wouldn't be able to take it. Anyway, she is in the drama, and this time it is with... Um, a brand founder called Matthew and he owns a tanning brand called Illusion Bronze. So Illusion Bronze is a really interesting brand. Um, he is originally a spray tanner and had like celebrity clientele and all that jazz but what is interesting about the brand is it's really innovative for spray tan. Sorry not spray tan, fake tan. Um, where basically it is supposed to be a custom formula based off of like your eye color, your natural skin color, your hair color, blah, blah, blah. So this was Matthew's idea. Um, and that is a huge sort of selling point of his small business that he owns. It's a founder owned business. It's a small business. He's doing great on TikTok. Um, like I spoke about in my last um, episode, if you haven't checked that out, go and do that um it's all about founders and them unintentionally sort of becoming the face of the brand because of tiktok and how it works as a platform matthew is a prime example of that so all of the illusion bronze content pretty much that you see is from matthew and he is very much like the leading person the face the seller of illusion bronze Anywho, so um Matthew basically came into a bit of a conundrum because a another huge brand basically ripped off his idea about the um, eye, hair, skin colour, custom colour um, USP and they basically stole it as happens all the time. It's so heartbreaking to see and it must be so frustrating for small business owners to see like massive corporate brand just come in, just take your idea and they can just do that because they're so massive. Like you can't even take them on in any way. So a massive corporate brand was doing that to Matthew. Um, 
he then was like right I need to sort of get illusion bronze out there even more and get my story out there even more because I need to sort of compete with this huge corporate company who's ripping off my idea so he outreached to Michaela and at this point like Matthew's been really successful with you know doing his own sort of organic influence marketing I think it's organic anyway like I, I don't think he's paying people to talk about his product from this scenario that's the vibe that I get is that people are just getting the product really enjoying it and then agreeing to post content to support him um the first time I actually heard of Matthew it's so funny and so random is Trisha Paytas who if you don't know Trisha Paytas you need to get to know it's literally I listen to her podcast well I watch her podcast at the gym religiously every single week I don't know what it is about her she's like an icon and enigma she's amazing um and she's having like a resurgence uh she was part of the original like vlog squad like Jeffree Star like YouTube period of time um she had undiagnosed mental health issues and was absolutely unhinged online but now she's sort of like had children like she's come back and she's just got this like amazing personality and like a really interesting um point of view and she's really highly intelligent and is really clued up on like very niche um pop culture references which I just am obsessed with anywho so Trisha was trying to buy also Trisha's plus size um she was trying to buy um that was that was for context by the way for the story I just wasn't randomly being like oh by the way she's plus size like okay um all right so she was trying to buy these Givenchy shark boots which if you haven't seen them they come all the way up to the knee like all the influencers have got them all the girls have got them they're very quote-unquote cool anyway Givenchy did a version which was like a blinged out like pink diamond version everything Trisha does is blinged out and everything Trisha does is pink so these were like the perfect boots for her and she was like I need these boots um so basically she was trying to raise enough money to buy them um because she was having a baby she's trying to be more responsible with her spending for context she used to buy like a lot of extravagant things and she has openly admitted that she would just zero her bank account like I think she said she spent like 10 million pounds on like making music videos over the years which is like absolutely it's just she's unhinged in the best possible way like her life story is so unique like I really need her to write a book Anywho, so she was like trying to um justify like buying these boots and like raise the money and basically Matthew got involved um I can't remember the exact ins and outs but I think he ended up like donating a load of money to Trisha for her to, to get these boots and then in exchange like she had did like a TikTok or like was talking about the, the the tan or whatever to like say thank you, right? So that's how I first found out about Matthew. So he's working with influencers who are at like quite an elite level. So the fact that he like reached out to Michaela to do the same thing is not so far fetched. Also, his brand is very much like a TikTok brand, it is in the TikTok realm. So like Michaela would probably have known about it. She probably would have known about Matthew. Like it's it's not far fetched is what I'm saying. So anyway, he reaches out to Michaela and he's like, look, um, this massive brand is like ripping me off. Like if I send you the the tan, will you do a video reviewing it to like help me, you know, get my brand and my story out there? She was like, yes, send me the tan. Like I'll do a review on it. Um, they then enter into communication which is ultimately the cause of all of this drama that's been unfolding long story short like I'm not going to go into every single detail because this isn't a tea channel but um 
I'll give you the context. Michaela basically was promising over the course of a few months that she was going to post the video. She was going to post the video. Um, and she kept saying, like, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then she wouldn't do it and blah, blah, blah. Months and months and months go by. And um, Matthew's like, hey, like you said, you were going to post this video. Like, can you post it or whatever? And she was like, yeah, sure. I'm going to post it imminently. Um, love the tan, blah, blah, blah. Um, so then... Matthew goes away and so Michaela has made videos in the past about why she doesn't necessarily love talking about small brands and like blowing up because then they can't cope with the influx of orders and then people end up really annoyed and it has like a a negative like adverse effect because people can't get hold of the products or they have a really bad customer experience because they're not dealing with a corporate brand they're dealing with like one person shipping out lipsticks and they can't deal with like 30,000 influx of orders so she's says she tends not to talk about small brands a lot because of that reason which I get you know knowing the behind the scenes I understand however does that mean we should just never small support small businesses no because obviously they need that I think it's down to the consumer to be more patient anyway back to the story so he has obviously seen this video and seen Michaela talking about it so he then went and got a ten thousand dollar loan so that he could buy a load of products to be prepared for when Michaela posts this inevitable review so then he sees a video of her talking about something completely unrelated but he notices that she's had what he thinks is a spray tan and it looks really really dodgy so he then reaches out to her and is like oh can you not post like when you've your spray tan's looking dodgy like is everything okay with the product blah 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 this goes on and on and on she doesn't post whatever so then Matthew takes it to TikTok and basically says like Michaela said she was going to make a video she hasn't basically like saying that her spray tan was bad in the video um which actually on reflection I don't know why he said that that's kind of like petty and a bit mean um but anyway like they then enter into like a back and forth um Michaela basically saying that she doesn't really wear fake tan that often so like she had to wait for like an instance where she was going to apparently she's never had a spray tan in her life either so she said that like Matthew was lying about her having a spray tan she also said that in the video she was using like a color correction thing and then she turns it off and shows what the color actually looks like and she was still orange but like not that bad um any anywho this is all like you know shots fired it's not really relevant um they then enter into a TikTok battle of videos back and forth, like responding to each other. Um, this is when Matthew reveals that he took out a $10,000 loan to like be prepared for product for when she was going to post. And now obviously he's out of pocket. La la la. Michaela comes back and says, well, I didn't tell you to get a $10,000 loan, blah, blah, blah. And it just goes on and on and on. Anyway, Matthew then ends up like practically selling out of all of his stock because all of his videos are blowing up. Everybody's like going crazy following the situation. He's getting millions of views and everyone's buying his product. The end. Um, So (laughs) that's the end of the podcast. Um, So you get the gist of like what's going on. He sent her a product as a PR gift. She has said, yes, I'm going to post. And she's given a time frame of which she was going to post. She then didn't. Matthew then gets upset and takes it to TikTok. And then they battle it out in true influencer brand founder fashion. What this cautionary tale wants me to talk about, wants me to tell you about, wants me to explain to you, can't find the words, um, is how 
We've gotten into this really strange place where people are very confused about the role of PR gifting and it's crossing over into influencer marketing and people are kind of like founders and brands are thinking that it is one of the same and then it is leading to these like really awkward exchanges with influencers where influencers are kind of cornered and they're being expected to deliver an influencer marketing service as if there is like payment exchange but really they're just getting a product and also I want to discuss how Michaela obviously she shouldn't have been saying I'm going to post tomorrow la 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 and why in this whole scenario if there had been a PR liaison in between I don't think any of this would have happened so Let's go back to the very beginning before influencers roamed the earth is where I like to say. Um, And let's discuss the role of the PR gift. So traditionally, PR gifting was given to journalists and editors. And the role of the PR gift was so that you could basically get the product into influential hands. They can try it, fall in love with the product and feature it organically or not if they don't like it, have a great experience with the brand, have a great experience with the product. Basically, get it in front of them, get it into their hands so that they can consider it when they are doing things like writing features. Because if they haven't tried it, you're not going to get a look in. So that is the role of the PR gift. When you would send a journalist a PR gift, there was never really an instance unless they contact you and they say, hey, I'm writing this feature. Can I call this specific product in to review for this feature or whatever? It's never really been an ex- a direct exchange. So you send the product in hopes that they will love it and it will end up being featured and it will end up in coverage. But you never say to a journalist, oh, I'm sending you the shampoo on the basis that you feature it. Like you'd be laughed out onto the street if you if you said that to a, a journalist they'd be like I'm um, sorry what so when influencers started to come up like influencer gifting in terms of PR gifting was always like a side quest um, and that's how I got a lot of the sort of start of my career um, was because I was working in an office and say for example we were trying to promote like a jacket from a brand All of the account executives and managers would be focused on gifting journalists and editors and trying to get them featured that way. I was the assistant, the intern, and they'd be like, oh, can you just find five influencers to gift this jacket to? Because it was just like a side thing. Like it was just like a little, oh, can you just do this? Most of the time just to give me something to do. And then obviously if I managed to get coverage by some change of the wind, then you know, they just have a little bit of extra coverage to work on the end of their report that nobody cared about because only people only cared about print media back then. So I was obviously building relationships with these influencers because I was doing these side quests. Um, And also influencers at the time were seen as like much lesser than journalists because people didn't value a post on Instagram. They didn't value any of that. They only valued print coverage. So most of the time for some clients, like if you had influencer coverage, it wouldn't even be counted towards the overall amount of coverage that you got that month. Like you would only count the print coverage because in their eyes, it was the only thing that like was worthy which is absolutely crazy to think now so they were seen as like much lesser than in terms of value so if they're getting sent a PR gift no matter what it is like they're so grateful to be included nine times out of ten they would post um 
obviously now scroll like almost 10 years later that is absolutely not the case like influencers are held to the same like um level of value as like your top editors of your top magazines like i was watching the margella couture show yesterday and influencer brenda hashtag is literally sat on the front row dressed head to toe in full margella couture like the new collection and i was just like how influencers have come so far do you know what i mean like that would have been a space only reserved for like the editor of vogue before but now you've got brenda like good for you um so obviously now influencers are sort of on the same par as journalists and editors and they're not like in that space where they're lesser than and they're so grateful just to receive gifting like they receive more gifting than they can even touch and they're getting brands throwing money at them left right and center to make specific ads and you know sponsored posts and be the face of this that and the other like you just had Devin Lee Carlson as the face of Balenciaga alongside Kim Kardashian like do you know what I mean? Like they are, they have exceeded their own expectations. So that's just not how it works anymore. Like I don't think, like you can't just send a PR gift to an influencer and be like, oh, they're so grateful they're going to post. Like it's not the case. Um, They need really to be held to the same standard as editors and journalists and therefore it shouldn't ever be appropriate to send a PR gift and be like, I'm only sending this if you promise to make me a review or you promise to make me a video, especially not when it's something like tan, which is like a relatively low cost thing. Like if you're sending her like a diamond necklace, then yeah, okay, maybe because the cost of the thing would like equate to a sponsored post or whatever. Or if you're giving them like a really expensive like hair service or something like that that costs like thousands of dollars, like then I understand it, but not like a tan that they can buy for like $20. Do you know what I mean? It's just not, it doesn't equate, like the value doesn't equate. So that's first things first, where I think we're going wrong here is sort of thinking that a PR gift is the same as influencer marketing and expecting the same deliverables. So when you're sending a PR gift and saying you need to post this style video, in this case a review, in this certain timeline, you know, within the next week or whatever, and when she says tomorrow, you want it tomorrow, um, you know, those are all things that are included in influencer marketing. And influencer marketing, just to be clear, is when you pay for a sponsored post, you have a contract you have a list of deliverables and all of those things are pinned down and decided in advance and like you're paying them to do a job therefore they post a certain video within a certain time frame in a certain way and you get to sign it off before it goes live do you know what I mean that's influence marketing that is not oh here's a PR gift but I actually want the same service as if as if I was paying you anyway so that's all the things that the sort of brand side have potentially done wrong then on Michaela's side Number one, I don't really understand why she's liaising with brands directly. Like, she's the talent. She's the creative. Like, the the founder of the brand shouldn't really have your personal number. Like, there should be some sort of buffer to sort of protect her in a business sense. So when these situations arise, she can has she can have like an agent liaison who's like, no, sorry, like this isn't going to be appropriate or we can't do this or you know we can try but there's no guarantee blah 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 you know someone who is managing the logistics so Michaela can get on with just being the talent so number one I don't understand why her team is being run in that way and number two obviously because the brand founder has direct access to her it then means that everything she's saying whether she's put under pressure or not like if she's saying I'm going to post the video tomorrow 
like you shouldn't really say that unless you are going to because you're just creating your own stressful environment like if you've got no intention of posting for the next month just say I'm so sorry I don't know when the video is going to go live like I don't tan very often but as soon as I do I'll post like that's all she had to say like she didn't have to people please which is what I think has happened in this scenario and has made it go all topsy-turvy but then in her you know supposed potentially people pleasing a brand founder has then gone away got a loan like made a whole business strategy around it when like she was just people pleasing and wasn't even being that serious it was very unserious so obviously there are so many parts of this that have gone wrong um and also another thing i'll say when you have a brand founder dealing directly with pr they will always have a much much higher level of expectation than like what is actually appropriate and a huge part of a pr's job is to manage that expectation i always try and bring the expectation in under what i think i can achieve because then anything else is like a bonus um because PR does come with an element of risk. It's not a an advertising equation where you pay a certain amount of money and you get a certain amount back and you get a certain amount of content. It's not that. So there always has to be risk in the equation. Therefore, I like to manage expectations and bring it in under so then it, you know, that no one's disappointed. But when a brand founder is doing their own PR, they always have greater expectations than anybody else who's working in PR and marketing obviously they're driving the brand like it's their baby it's their role to have those high expectations and to really like shoot for the stars like that is the brand founders whole thing like that's what they should be doing but when they are then managing their own PR and in contact directly with influencers that's going to cause problems because then sometimes they're going to go in too heavy too emotional and they're going to ask too much and that ladies and gentlemen is how that drama unfolded um I hope that was interesting and I hope you learned something sort of from a behind the scenes perspective there um I found the whole situation fascinating and all of like the hot takes from both sides I don't think either of them were right in this scenario um I also think that even though Matthew has seen sort of like an instant success where his tan is sold and you know like people are going to his page and buying to support him because they hate Michaela for me yeah that's great in the short term like it's an instant injection of cash into the business but it's not really a great brand building exercise like if he's to approach a stockist or a wholesaler which is how brands make the majority of their money in the long run um you know if he wants to scale if he wants to sell his business and it's just attached to like Michaela hating and drama that's not great in terms of brand building so you know that also has downsides to it even though it seems like he's come off really well in this like in the long term does he want to be known as like a brand founder who starts drama on tiktok you know it takes away from like the the brand really um but yeah that's why i think that when you get to that size i know people scrimp and save and they don't want to work with a pr but actually it could have really really saved the situation on both sides um yeah so i hope that was interesting and you learned something um come and say hi over on instagram leave a review see you on the next one